0: Life Transformation Radio is all about our transformation. Here, we tell the stories of why we're doing what we're doing. We highlight that transformational moment that changed our lives and how we use it to then transform others and elevate their lives as well. You can listen to us live right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network Tuesday through Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Join our Facebook group, Life Transformation Radio Community, and never miss an episode by subscribing wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Life Transformation Radio can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, Player FM, Radio Public, Overcast, CastBox, the Himalaya app, and the Google Play Music app. And now we are available on Pandora. Subscribe wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and be sure to rate and review the show so that we know how well we're doing. On the show, my guests are entrepreneurs, speakers, business owners, podcasters, authors, coaches, consultants, amazing human beings that are impacting the world around them. And my guest today has done exactly that. If you have any questions for any of the guests that I bring on the show during our live broadcast, call us up at 657-383-1109. Again, the number is 657-383-1109. And with that, please help me welcome to the show, my friend, my guest, fellow podcast host, Joe Sadak. Joe, welcome to Life Transformation Radio.
1: Sean, I am so pumped to be here hanging out with you and your audience tonight. Dude, the last time that you
0: and I hung out together is a night that I will not
1: soon forget.
0: And our it friend was Tom insane. Singer left us <laughs> in a room
1: with probably the
0: worst comedian ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that honestly, that is going to be a story that goes down into San Oc legend. For I've told that story of that <laughs> evening to so many people and they're just blown yes. away at how weird of an evening that was. Yes.
0: Yes. I was like like I've used it. I literally have used it as my new comedy bit. Like oh, in a yeah. comedy but like doing stand up. I'm like, have you ever been left in a bar? Even worse, of question, ever been left in a comedy bar?
1: I have here's what happened, you
0: know, and everybody's like, What
1: the hell? And it's And not so just a comedy bar. In the side room of a comedy bar where you are yes. the only people that the comedian is talking to, and then they start asking you for coaching about podcasting, and then they find out that I'm a mental <laughs> health counselor and it gets super weird super fast.
0: <laughs> super fast. Hey, I've got some things going on. My therapist told me that I was like, Oh my god.
1: I'm like, should <laughs> oh I charge god. you for this? Like, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it was so,
0: so funny. And uh, our friend Tom Singer, who is also a keynote speaker, podcaster of cool things entrepreneurs do, uh, told me, he's like, Dude, you gotta start doing stand up. It's so good for your career. And so I did like one or two. I was like nah. I was like, Well, I did I did I did two. So I did two total. And then that one was my third one. And, uh, and and that was by far the weirdest experience.
1: You know, I I went into that. That was the first time really going to that kind of open mic night. And I was really apprehensive because you and Tom were both like, Joe, put your name on the list. And I'm like, I don't know. And usually I'm pretty confident in those kind of situations. <laughs> uh, and then when I saw the quality of people, I really regretted not putting my name on the list. I should have put my name on the list. <laughs> and then I could have just no-showed if I didn't want to do it. You know, just they would have gone to the next nice. person. Um, so lesson right. learned that put your name on the list and you can always back out later.
0: There you go. Always put your name on the list. Outstanding. The
1: title of this episode is practice of the
0: practice with podcast host and mental health counselor, Joe Sanak. He is a mental health counselor, top rated business consultant, keynote speaker, author of five books, and has the number one podcast for counselors, the practice of the practice podcast. He has interviewed Pat Flynn. John Lee Dumas, Chris Ducker, Rob Bell, Glennon Doyle Melton, and Lewis Howes, among others. He is a writer for Psych Central, has been featured on the Huffington Post, Forbes, Good Magazine, Reader's Digest, Bustle, Yahoo News, and more. Joe is a rising star in the speaking world. Joe's approach to everything he does incorporates story, humor, research, and practical application. To learn more about what he's doing, listen to his podcast at practiceofthepractice.com. You can check out the website for podcastlaunchschool.com. And Facebook and LinkedIn links are right there in the show notes. Connect with him and let him know that you heard his episode of Life Transformation Radio. Joe, the first question I have to ask, and I believe is the most important question anyone can be asked, is... Why, why do you do what you do?
1: Yeah, and so the uh, do what I do, I can break down into kind of my work world and my personal life. Uh, you know, from my personal standpoint, I think I gotta start with me as an individual. Uh, I believe deeply in just becoming a better person that there there's ways that we can continue to kind of level up our brains and, and that leads to a better world in so many ways. And now that I have two daughters, uh, to, to think about the world that I'm helping co-create with my wife, Christina, for them and to say, okay, what were the cool things that our parents taught us and what were the really negative things uh, that we want to leave behind? It's just an amazing thing to have kids and to say, we don't have to follow the script that we were handed and I get to do something new that feels like a big step forward for not just my kids, but for parenting in general and for the world. When it comes to business, I get to do such awesome work every single day. So I'm helping counselors, therapists, chiropractors, massage therapists, people that have really great clinical skills um, to grow their businesses to start growing scale and the multiplication effect of being able to help someone who's really good as a solo practitioner to add clinicians to their practice to level up and be able to help more people in their community. And then oftentimes to not just be kind of stuck in the chair doing counseling, but to then launch their big ideas. It's just a profound uh, way to live a life where you know to see people that are really good at say helping couples to then launch a podcast and to help more couples in their community. Uh, why do I do it? I do it because it makes such a tremendous impact and you know, counselors in particular learn so little about business that when they finally realize that business isn't a dirty word, uh, they live a better life. They live a better lifestyle.
0: Right on. You know, I was surprised to learn that you had John Lee Dumas and Lewis Howes and Pat Flynn on a practice podcast I would think would be for mental health uh, industry, counselors. I, I I just, that, that kind of threw me off. You know, the other guys, I'm like, okay,
1: I can kind of see that. Uh, what made you have those guests on the show? Yeah. I'm, I'm a person that I am not very good at staying in one lane and, and I think that's good if you can rein <laughs> that in um, not to the point where, you know, people say, you know, shiny object syndrome and not like that. I think I'm just a very curious person. And so if you looked mm-hmm. at my list of podcasts on my phone you'd be like, what is the unifying factor there? Uh, but okay. I'm curious about so much of the world, whether it's quantum physics or theology or how we think about relationships. And so when I approach my own podcast, I start first and foremost with curiosity. Uh, I want to think about what the audience needs. But if I only said, okay, here's just the five points to start a counseling practice. Here's the five ways to blog to rank higher. Uh, that's fine. Um, but to me, also interviewing people that are living inspiring lives uh, and then mm-hmm. pulling that back into private practice, that challenge of saying, OK, Pat Flynn's building passive income. How do we pull that right. to, back to therapists um, or, you know, Chris Ducker, or John Lee Dumas, are these people that seem like they're outside of that space. But when you really drill into it, mm-hmm. you know, business in life is business in life. And so when someone says, you know, now I, I realized that I needed to value my family more. And so I shifted careers and I went down this path. That to me is inspiring to, to really say we can disrupt the private practice system. The private practice system right now is fairly right. broken and our audience is helping build a new style that works for therapists. Cause the average therapist uh, is going to, if they're in private practice, they're going to get on a bunch of insurance companies. They're going to get paid less than a plumber gets paid per hour for helping people reshape their families or their lives. Uh, wow. They're going to have hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt, uh, they're going to have to work 30 to 40 hours a week doing clinical work, which is going to lead to burnout and to them having a lower quality of service that they offer. And they're going to live, you know, just above the poverty line uh, for a really long time. And to me, if someone is dedicating their life to the mental health of a nation or of their community, there has to be a better way to structure it so that they can live a good quality life that their community can improve and that their clients can improve as well. It doesn't have to be uh, a lose-lose situation where you have to choose between your family or your business.
0: Right. And I absolutely love that because Pat Flynn talks a lot about that, you know, the business behind the business, but also about positioning yourself in a way that the business isn't your entire lifestyle. That's why he's so harped up about passive income and what that can do for you and setting up your income streams and, you know, he doesn't want it to be. You got to work your fingers to the bone in order to be successful, and you know he does show you the different way. So I like that that you chose that. Um, you know how to how to bring that back in and tie two worlds together. Totally love that.
1: Yeah, and I think what even was your... the two conferences that we put on, um, one's called Killing It Camp and the other is called Slowdown School. So there are times you need to kill it. You need to hustle. <sighs> you need to run full tilt. Right. But you can't stay there, you know, and that's what I think a lot of people take away from people like Gary V. It's hustle, just get it done, work it to the bone. And sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need that kick in the pants to just say, go out there and do it. But then on the other side, usually the high achievers, they're still doing way too much work themselves and they need to slow down and really rein in their boundaries and say, you know what, what's the life I want to live and what's the best use of my time. And then in doing that, you're going to drop the ball in a lot of areas, but you're going to then realize I should be outsourcing half of what I'm doing so that I can put more energy into the most meaningful work that I'm doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, you had mentioned some things earlier, which, which I'd love to dive into you had mentioned uh, I was going one way and then changing my life around, the business or financials, or I was consumed with the practice and then, you know, backed up. You know, what was a transformational moment in your life that changed your life, which then puts you on the path to what you're doing today?
1: Yeah, you know kind of knowing what you cover in this show, there's so many moments I could say this was the transformational moment. Uh, but I think the one that to me made the biggest difference was 2012. So at that time I'm working at a community college was a counselor in the student life department. I had a side counseling practice was just getting practice of the practice.com going. And our daughter, when she was about three months old uh, was diagnosed with some major heart issues. And so she had some holes in her heart. And so for her first nine months of her life, our entire goal with her was to get her up to weight to have a procedure to have that fixed. And so she was on this medication uh, that made her urinate just a ton because they wanted to keep the fluid off of her lungs and heart. And so every hour, hour and a half, she would wake up every single night whenever she had a nap. Um, she would get really tired when she was breastfeeding. And so she wasn't getting enough calories and was kind of maintaining and even sometimes losing weight. So we had to have these breast milk milkshakes for her that she had that she would just take a few sips and then she'd be sweating. And I mean, you see this brand new baby that's just struggling so much. So we finally get to the day that she's at weight and that she can have this procedure. They go in for a couple hours and it's taking a really long time, uh, it, like more than it should. They said it would take a couple hours and we were at like the three, three and a half hour mark. And then the doctor calls the whole family into a room. And, it, and it's one of those moments where you're like, this is not a good sign if it's this long and we're getting pulled out of the, the main room. And he tells us that they had to stop the procedure because she had a left pulmonary stenosis, meaning that if they had done the procedure they were planning to do, her left lung would have just collapsed. So they basically wow. say, you know, this day that you thought was going to be the end of the journey, um, actually, you know, in three months or so when she gets up to a new weight, then she can have open heart surgery so had to have full open heart surgery so we get go back home with our daughter uh, kind of get back in the whole milkshake getting her weight up uh, just a few weeks before her first birthday she then goes into full open heart surgery. And for two days, she was barely conscious. Um, there was this one Holy moment love. where where she put her hand up and did the sign for milk. And it was like, our baby is back. She's now safe. She's a wonderful eight-year-old. Uh, but about a month after that, uh, we went in for the checkup for her. And they said, everything's all good. It's clear. It's fine. Um, she's going to have a wonderful life. We were re- relieved medical, we thought was behind us. And the week after that, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Uh, and so we jump back into the medical world and fly down to Texas for treatment and kind of go through that process as well. After that, my wife has a miscarriage in the same like six month period of time. And then a friend of ours gets breast cancer. So during that time, though, I had started my blog, I, had, I was starting my podcast. And so uh, it, it was a good distraction at the time, even though I was still at the community college, but it, it made me realize that in very small bits of time, I could do a lot if I was focused. Now, a lot of cancer survivors will say, you know, I appreciated life more. I wanted to be more with my family. Um, and that, those were lessons I took away. Um, but I always kind of thought, especially because thyroid cancer is a very treatable type of cancer. Um, there wasn't as much of that kind of death knocking on your door realization for me, as much as just having to go through radioactive iodine treatment and all these other types of things. So uh, through that, I, I realized, you know, if I keep very tight reins on what I will and I won't do, uh, it's amazing how much faster I can, I can grow things. And so I started podcasting while my daughter and wife were napping and I was a nappreneur every Sunday, you know, I'm working on this podcast. And then over time, <laughs> left that counseling Never. position. And, and it just was one of those things that it really made me reevaluate, am I going to follow the typical script of counselors? Wow,
0: man, I just, there's, wow, there's a lot, Um, I had a similar, you know, situation, my wife and daughter, uh, she's two now, uh, but she was diagnosed with newborn hemlotic anemia, my wife's blood was trying to kill the baby, and we had to get intrauterine blood transfusions, and I mean, I know well about children and doctors, and it's just, is not fun it's just yeah because i mean you're just you're just so there. helpless uh it, that's the worst part like you feel like you should be doing something but you like you can't that's what the doctors are for and then you then the work then it gets even worse then you think like oh i got this like i totally got this because you know i read on google that blah, blah 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 like I can totally do this at home or I can you know whatever like you're trying to like help and fix or whatever it just makes it worse and then the doctors get all mad because like you don't know what you're doing is like, no but I read it on web md like I know what I'm talking about <laughs> you know, like it's so like, WebMD
1: stop reading it
0: <laughs> right they're like
1: stop reading the internet <laughs>
0: like so so yeah I mean, I'm, I totally get that man that that is just tough. But it's amazing how these moments in life carry on, and we don't just go through it. The worst part is to just go through it, but instead we grow from each moment, and that's what I love. I, I encourage moments to come. Just don't let them be too, too rough, you know I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you know. but, but I welcome the adversity, and I welcome the chance to grow in every capacity. And that's what I love about each of our transformational moments. And we talk, I've had 320 some odd episodes of the show and each moment is emotional and powerful and inspiring in its own way. But the common denominator is that we carried those moments through each of the other moments. And we just started collecting them together at some point.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, for good or for bad, we as humans want to ascribe meaning to those moments that happen. And uh, that can be extremely helpful for us in, in that we can use that as something that motivates us to try something new. Um, or it can be really challenging where it becomes baggage we hold on to unnecessarily and, and really finding that line of you know, how much do you have that story define you? Uh, it can impact you. But then if you keep going back to, okay, I'm a cancer survivor, I'm a you know, parent that had a kid that was ill, um, it sometimes can become almost like a crutch that you just lay on rather than move into whatever that next phase of your life is. And so I think there's a balance there that we have to figure out how do we appropriately give time to whatever heavy things we've been through while also realizing that there's lightness on the other side that we don't have to have that continue to be part of our story on an ongoing basis.
0: Right. Oh, that's, yep, 100%. Talk about your podcast, man. You mentioned that you were a nappreneur. That was pretty funny. never <laughs> there, heard anything like that. Yeah, but, uh,
1: I, that's, that's one of my cool. few original f- phrases. Uh, you know, a lot of my phrases I say, I don't know where I picked this up, but I know somebody else said it first, so at least I don't get you know called a plagiarist. Um, but, yeah, a nappreneur. Right. It really was, you know, listening to podcasts like Pat Flynn, um, JLD, Chris Ducker, those folks. Um, and just thinking about if I wanted to build at least the option for myself to to leave my full-time job, what would I want to build? And, yeah, I had my counseling practice going. I, at that point, was growing it into a group practice, and uh, there was a moment where I realized I was making more through my counseling practice than I was at my full-time job. But I also knew the scalability side of a counseling practice was really difficult. Even if I added clinicians to the practice, you're still – Basing that on human capital uh, of people being there and working and doing the counseling. And it wasn't nearly as scalable as, you know, say a podcast or e courses or membership communities. And, and so at the time, I had just read Guerrilla Marketing and he talked about how, oh boy, tires, oh yeah. <laughs> When tires kind of were out uh, for the longest time, they were all kind of the same depth of tread. And then one came out that was, you know, a millimeter more and said, we're the longest lasting tire. And then another one said, well, we're a truck tire. And kind of everyone defined new markets. And so I thought, you know, I don't know a lot about the consulting world for private practitioners and actually did very little research because um, I just kind of knew what I wanted to do. And I think that ended up being smart for me at that time, uh, just because I didn't mm-hmm. try to copy other people's work. Uh, and there's nobody in the podcasting space in 2012 around helping therapists grow their practice. And so to be the, the number one podcast from the beginning, and then to continue to whenever a new podcast would come out, they would usually reach out to me and say, hey, will you be one of my first guests? And so that early adopter side of it really was helpful uh, to get into podcasting. And, you know, for a good year and a half, two years, I was podcasting and just not really, really able to justify to myself that it was worth it. And then kind of as a last ditch effort, did a number of things in a short period of time where I updated my logo, updated my website and committed to podcasting at least once a week, if not more. And after that, that was just the, the kind of turn towards the upward numbers.
0: Love it. I think that's the, the most asked question as a podcaster is like, how do I grow my audience or, or how do I get more downloads or how do I? I... I have the same answer for everybody that likes don't equal dollars. When I'm speaking on stage, I don't, I don't look at uh, how many people applauded me or the standing ovations or whatever. I gauge a speech by how many people came up to me and said, wow, that was awesome. That changed my life or I needed to hear that. I love when I... I needed to hear that. Like, I love that. Or when people are nodding in the audience like that's, Oh, that feels good. You know? Yeah. I and that it's like, on, on how many people do that. That's, that's how I engage my talk. As far as podcast the, listeners. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Oh, and I, th- I think you're spot on with that because when you can nail people's pain and the transformation you're trying to give them, um, that will equal dollars later on. But when people focus on the dollar side, uh, you know that's not it. I, I just wanted to affirm what you're saying. That yes, like, if you're making yeah. that impact on people, um, it is going to help you grow. A hundred percent,
0: absolutely. The podcast, I I judge it on how many people message me to to ask if they could either be on the show. They have a client who wants to be on the show or they heard my show that that it's awesome or whatever. Now, that number quickly dwindles down when a publicist will will email me six paragraphs about how awesome their client is and how they'd be an amazing fit for my show. And I ask them what episode they listen to and they go, oh, well, I haven't listened to it. I just think they would be awesome. Like, yeah, no, they're not coming on, sorry. Like, it's an automatic, no. If you email me, and tell me how awesome your client is and that they'd be a great fit for my show, but then you didn't even listen to any episode to even see if they would be a good fit is just an automatic. No. And you're serving yourself and your client and not serving my audience. Therefore, I don't want, I don't care what the guy's even going to talk about. It's just an automatic no for me. And I just delete the email. I message you back. I'm like, well, it's an automatic. No, you didn't, you didn't even listen to my show. How can they be an awesome guest for my show? You don't even know what we talk about, Boop, delete. Have a nice day. So I get a lot of these emails. Probably at least once, or, like at least twice a day now. It's like, oh, I got an amazing guest. Oh, I'd love to be on your show. Uh, you know, I get Facebook messages and, you know, all that. But I take stock of the people who say that episode with Joe was absolutely phenomenal. I loved when Joe talked about, you know, he was in the hospital and the nappreneur. Like when they
1: tell me stuff like that, I'm like,
0: yes,
1: yes, that's so good. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is a lot of the people I work with, they really get that because I mean, they're already therapists or massage therapists uh, and they yeah. are saying, well, how do I take this message for the world that I know the world needs and I know it's going to serve people, but I have no idea how to get it out there to do a podcast or to launch an e course or a membership community. Um, I've got some amazing clients that, are genuinely helping the world. And they just say, can you just help me figure out how to crack the code to at least use podcasting to get this message out. And so it's interesting. Cause I think my, my consulting clients often have the reverse problem. They care so much about the world. They forget that for that to be sustainable, they need to make some money off of it too. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, there's that. I mean there's sponsorships and other things that you can do for sure. Um, but monetize. I mean, I think there's some stats out there that like maybe nine percent of all of the podcasts that are out there are actually making money. Unless, of course, you're Joe and Matt, who from uh, the Hustle and Flowchart podcast, who made almost a million dollars from their podcast. Uh, yeah. Then you're just a then you're just an anomaly. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I started monetizing my show very very early on. Uh, I already had a game plan and everything for sponsorships and everything that blew out my audience. Everybody was, you know, getting, getting ads to uh, like, um, there's a jewelry place. I can't remember what the jewelry place name is now. Uh, Jared. So Jared jewelers on the 12th and 13th and 14th of February for the first two years, they bought ads to my show, you know, and, and as the audience grew and, and, you can go back and listen to the show, and uh, and, and they're there. You know, I was selling I was selling relevant ads, though. I wasn't just selling anything. I was just selling relevant ads. Then I got into podcasters, and I was charging podcasters to add uh, ads to the show. But they had to endorse my show at first. So it would be like like if I was going to do an ad on your show, I'd be like, hey, this is Sean Douglas with host of Life, Life Transformation Radio, and you're listening to my friend Joe Sainock." Uh, practice of the practice podcast. Be sure to subscribe to both of our shows and here is your host. And so, you know, something like that. It's like, you know, this is me, this is my show. This is what I talk about. And you're listening to this guy's show and whatever subscribe to both of our shows. And, and I sold a bunch of those ads. You know, I was selling those all the time you could do per episode, you could do per month, you know, and that's what I was doing for the longest time. Now, I mean, it's become pretty much like I'm getting coaching clients, people who hear my show want to want to do business with me and, you know, they want to get to know me more. I mean, it just it evolves and you, you just got to have a, a strategy and uh, and a topic that people are going to uh, appeal to emotionally.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. And I think that that I mean, the transformation is what you know, a podcast host can really benefit from teaching and so we teach oftentimes our consulting clients how to do that through an email course and then in other ways uh, so that it, it's in line with the topic that they're talking about because I think a lot of folks will think uh, that a podcast sponsorship or affiliates that's where all the money is and, and for you know the, the Joe Rogans of the world or the Jack Shepherds that are having these huge names and really the content alone is all that they need to monetize. They're going to be able to do that. But for most of us, our own products, our own e-courses, our own membership community that takes our community from just passive listeners to saying, you know what, what he or she is talking about. Uh, I want more of that. I do want to transform in my world. I do want to step into something different. Um, what's my next step that it's, it's great to see podcasters starting to, Apply that uh, to their shows to be able to monetize it in a way that is authentic to their community. Their community says, "Yes, that's 100% what I want." Uh, you're not just throwing ads at me uh, that nobody cares about, but you're actually saying, "The next step, if you're ready to speed things up for yourself, is you know our membership community, our e-course, or a mm-hmm. webinar, uh, conference, those sorts of things." Uh, and and it's great because then your listeners are more invested because they're they're paying, they're connected and they're getting results and can then be your biggest advocates to other people. Yep, yeah,
0: absolutely. hundred percent spot on. So I want to know from you, uh, how are you elevating the world around you? We take our why we take our transformational moment and it puts us on a path. And that path usually has people we're helping, we're coaching, we're whatever it is that we're doing. So I wonder for you, if someone wanted to work with you, coach with you, whatever it is, how are you elevating your sphere of influence?
1: Yeah, I think there's there's two things that I always am focusing on. I always have a goal that's a maintenance goal and then one that's a risk goal. So maintenance goal is when I, I'm looking at the business and saying, how do I automate this more? How do I take myself out of it? And, and just the nuts and bolts of running a business. And so um, that might be, so recently, uh, my old counseling practice, my coaching used to go through that and you know, my attorney had suggested that, so did my accountant. Um, and then when I sold my practice last year, uh, my new accountant said, you know, we really should spin off a second business to keep that liability with the old company. So my maintenance goal right now is to transfer all the assets out and then back into the new company, do that properly, set up, a, you know, the EIN, the new banks, all that. It's not fun to do, but it's needed and it's uh-huh. going to save me some taxes. So my maintenance goal, that's going to level up the business in a way that is important, but not always fun. But then a risk goal right. is going to be something that you can step into for a period of time, test out something new that really takes you to the next level. Uh, and then if it doesn't work, you haven't put everything on the line. And so a lot of people will spend months or years building out an e-course, spending thousands of dollars, getting video done, and they don't have an audience. And then it fails, and they are just trying to push people into it because they've invested so much. Versus, okay, let's build out an audience and then survey the audience on what they would want uh, and so for me, what that looks like is uh, early in mid last year, we started surveying our, our top consulting clients. So people that had spent at least $10,000 on mastermind groups, conferences, or consulting with me. So did about 20 of these interviews with people and did three questions with them and said, you know, what's it been like to launch your big idea outside of your practice? Uh, and so then I'm kind of understanding and learning how they talk about the pain of starting a big idea. Second, what do you wish was out there? Uh, and third, how much would you pay for that? And, and so over and over, I heard from these high-end clients, honestly, we know that you know how to do a podcast. We know that you know how to sell things and to start membership communities and e-courses. Will you just do it for us and have your team do it for us rather than us have to learn it from you through a mastermind group? And so for me, the done-for-you podcasting where these higher-end people can show up and do a podcast and then have our team do everything else it's amazing to see. Uh, you know, I think about this one lady, Veronica, who's one of my consulting clients. And uh, when I met her two years ago, she was a mental health counselor in a hospital. And she had this small private practice that she was just doing on the side, she wanted to leave the hospital, uh, but she was working like 50 hours a week. So in consulting, I helped her transition out of the hospital uh, start her practice, get it really going. She added a bunch of clinicians to it. So within about six months, she's now making money off of other people's counseling. Uh, and then she can free up time to work on something else. So then she buys the website Empowered and Unapologetic. And she has a huge passion for women that feel stuck in the role of just being a wife or just being uh, a parent. And that really, they've lost themselves in that. And, and she talks about how common that is. And so she starts blogging. She starts Facebook living. She comes to slow down school and really gets a vision for it and launches a conference and does, I don't know, 24 grand in tickets in her first conference. So seeing someone like wow. her who has these crazy skills, um, now she's launching a podcast and is going to be doing this membership community. She already has a wait list of, I don't know, a couple hundred people for her membership community. And, and so she's going to be able to not only make a massive impact on her own financial life, because you, know, you have a hundred people, each paying a hundred bucks a month to be in your membership community. That starts to scale pretty quickly. And then it makes it easier for her to then do more conferences and to do more of these retreats through the podcast. And so by partnering with her and helping her to do that, uh, that's genuinely changing her life, but it's changing clients' lives, who are these women who felt stuck for so long, and they're feeling empowered and unapologetic, and then their lives are better. Uh, my wife actually went to her retreat, uh, and she came back fired up and uh, just ready to take on the world and also to push back and say, Joe, I don't believe that, whereas before, she just kind of you know, stuffed down her emotions. And so even our own marriage has been helped by Veronica's work because Christina went to her retreat. And so that's the kind of work that I love doing is helping people that are helping people one-on-one in their sessions, but that they have a huge message for the world. And then we can really amplify that for them. And they can make, you know, multi-six figures off of doing that and help more people.
0: Man, I love that. I love going to an event and then coming home and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get to work. You know, I know some people, they're on a conference high for about two days. I'm I'm going to crush it. I know it. I'm going to crush it. I'm going to do everything and then 3 days later you're like, it's not working. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> like <laughs> and you lose you lose that that motivation. You lose that that conference high. And uh I I first of all, I love speaking at an event. You and I are going to be speaking at an event in March. Yeah. Called Podfest Multimedia Expo. Super pumped for that. I didn't even know that, that that you were speaking there and now you are, and it's amazing. It's awesome to get to hang out again. We'll have to find another comedy bar in Orlando. <laughs> uh,
1: yes.
0: Carry <laughs> on <out> the tradition. <laughs> Hopefully it's much uh, better than last time. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm sure there's a couple of good ones down there. And it's funny, I'm, I'm speaking at an event in San Antonio on Friday, and then after I speak at the event, I'm then flying from San Antonio, Texas, to Orlando to do my thing on Saturday, and then I got to fly back on, uh, on Sunday, uh, you know, to go back home, um, and then I go to Utah for a month, so super pumped about that. I know... Um, Steve Ulster's event, New Media Summit, is like the day like the day after uh Podfest. So, but um I usually do that vet, but I'll be in Utah for the month of March, um doing a tour there. So super pump got a lot of stuff going on in, in uh in twenty twenty.
1: Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's a lot of travel. We're just going that to Mexico is, yeah. to celebrate my wife's 40th birthday, and then I fly over to the Podcast Evolutions conference in L.A., come home for a few weeks, and then down to PodFest. Podcast Evolutions. Yeah, it's put on by the um, the podcast movement people. It's their winter event. It's the first time they've done it. It's in L.A. Uh, so they're doing that. And then the, the, the other podcasting event they do, I think, in July, I want to say.
0: Oh, wow. Right on, man. So if someone wants to work with you, what does that, what does that look like for them? Do, uh, do they go to the practice of the practice uh, website? Do they go to a podcast launch school? You talked about slow down school. I'm kind of curious about that as well.
1: Yeah, so I think it would depend on their individual goals. And so we have things for people that are just starting a coaching, counseling, chiropractic business uh, over at practiceofthepractice.com. We have a membership community aimed at people that are from zero to $100,000. Uh, and so that you can get an invite to at practiceofthepractice.com forward slash invite. Uh, and then we have mastermind groups, consulting, all sorts of other things that it, it's best to just schedule a call to talk through your situation. Uh, and you can apply over at practiceofthepractice.com forward slash apply. Now, people that are looking at doing podcasts, we have an e-course coming out soon called Podcast Launch School. where We're going to walk people through exactly what we do with our done for you people. Uh, and so that that's going to be around $1,000 or so. Uh, but the the done for you services, you know, that's a much higher rate. So for people that don't want to bootstrap it and just want to have us do show notes, transcriptions, have your own sound engineer, literally you show up and you record and then we do everything else. Um, they can uh, apply for that all over, over at practice.com forward slash apply. And we'll have a conversation to make sure that it seems like you're going to get a good ROI on that time. Uh, but slow down school. Yeah, it's an amazing event we put on uh, on the beaches of northern Michigan, where people fly into northern Michigan for a week, and we genuinely slow down uh, for the first couple of days, we go for hikes, we bring in massage therapists, yoga teachers, we skip rocks on the beach, uh, we have an open bar, and, and so just really allow people to decompress. And then the Wednesday, Thursday and Friday morning of, of that week, we run full tilt towards their big ideas and their business. And what happens in the brain when you slow down that much, I think this is part of that conference high, is that you step away from your regular work world. And so the best ideas come to the surface. Uh, and so what we teach you when we're running full tilt towards your business are some methods to help you optimize your brain. We use some 20-minute sprints to do that. We do some other ways uh, to have it be a starting point, not an end point. Uh, I work three days a week. And so we're able to get a ton done you know, between 9 and 3.30, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because I come to work roaring to go uh, because I allow myself to rest. I allow myself to have time with my kids. Uh, we enjoy our work together as a family. Whereas if I was burned out all the time, it'd be very hard to do the work that I do. And, and so teaching people that at slowdown school, uh, it's been amazing to see people level up from that event uh, because they got such clarity during the slowdown time. And then they were given the tools to speed up during the time that we're working together.
0: Makes total sense
1: you know there there is a there is
0: a there is something to say about that they call it hustle porn where it's like hustle hustle work 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 work. Yeah. you know um i i i mean i i am kind of that way uh where if i'm you know doing business stuff i i am go 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 full force you know and that's that's why people ask me like how do you get so much done in a day cuz i have systems i have strategies and if that's just me, I'm going hundred miles an hour because I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable going hundred miles an hour. But when well, I'm with like my family, is it that you is time to slow down. There.
1: Yeah, and the people that are most effective are able to do that. But then, you know, if during your slowdown time or your time with your family, you're still thinking about work or the weekend you're just yeah. binge listening to podcasts uh, and you never give your brain that break, that can be a problem. But, man, my workday – it is full tail. is back-to-back consulting sales calls, podcasts, all of it. But yep. then when it's time to turn it off, I am off. And my assistants apologize if they text me on a Monday or Friday and say, I'm so sorry. This email came through. Just want to make sure nothing gets screwed up. It's like, okay, it's no big deal, but they're trained to know to really protect my time and to do their best to, to help me stay away from the business when I'm off. I love it. That
0: it could be literally a whole nother topic of the show because I, I see so many people like it's 10 p.m. And they're like sending out the last bit of emails. And I'm like, dude, like you have forever. <laughs> like It's yeah. not like you have a deadline of Saturday to build your business to a million dollars. Like you you have a lifetime to do it. Just enjoy the 100%. process. That's
1: that's what I love. Bro, well, Sean, you, you're a special guy because I can't remember the last time that I worked after 4.30. So I uh, just want to let you know you are a <laughs> special man.
0: Thank you so much, man. I wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing this time to come on the show, to spend it with the audience, man. What I want to do right now is I want to give the audience a takeaway. What is If they didn't listen to anything else that you and I talked about, what is the one takeaway that you want them to know and
1: understand? The, the biggest takeaway that I would add to this conversation would be that you are enough how you are. Uh, there's always room for improvement. There's always room for optimization. Uh, there's always room for big goals. But, but when we're grounded in the fact that you have the skill sets, you need to reach your goals right now uh, and that you're enough and it doesn't come, your goals don't come out of a place of lacking, but come out of a place of inspiration, curi- curiosity, creativity, uh, that that's really when you create the best work um, because it's not based on proving yourself or telling people you're good enough. It's based on your interests and what you're being drawn towards. And that's compelling. That's magnetism right there. Yep, yeah,
0: absolutely. Bro, you're a rock star. I love what you got going on, man. And I wish you the best. And I'll see you in Orlando, March 6th, 7th and 8th for Podfest Expo, Orlando, Florida. Get your tickets now. Thanks so much for having me, Sean. Life. Absolutely, brother. Life Transformation Radio, an amazing guest impacting the world around them. If any of our conversation resonated with you today, please connect with Joe Sanok. He is absolutely brilliant, absolutely amazing. Go to podcastlaunchschool.com or dot com. Subscribe to his podcast and let him know that you heard his episode of Life Transformation Radio. And with that, I close the show by saying live your brand. Find opportunities every day to live out the core values that you hold deep in your heart. And I call this living your brand. So until next episode, live a great life.